welcome to Tune Boys. I'm Adeem the Artist. And I'm Luke Brogdon. Howdy. A little about my co-host. Adeem the Artist is a manic, amazing, fiery folkster who has been tearing up the Knoxville scene for years. Yeah, he runs his own songwriting uh, series called the Sound and Silence series at the Central Collective. Uh, He has couple full-length albums and he has his own series of eps uh, out called the birds and just uh, released the flamingo recently uh and uh he'll be working on the third one of those soon coming out and um and just uh came back from a show off the road and um he's here with us tonight again and just happy to be here with you tonight man love you love you too man and Luke Brogdon is, of course, the uh, guitar player for the hit band Southern Cities. He's also the front man in residence. <laughs> He's uh, also a solo performer. He's played at a number of uh, fantastic events around town and organized the From the Living Room concert series, which is a series of house shows in historic homes. They have small batch brews, and he makes a mean pot of pasta as well uh, at the ones that I've attended. He also writes for Blank Newspaper. He has a beautiful daughter. And um, he's uh, he's just uh, he's just uh, I just love him so much. It just means so much to me. As you can see, we prepared a lot less script for tonight than for our first uh, edition. Uh, and joining us tonight on Tune Boys number two is Blonde Bones guitarist and solo folk artist Joey English. He's got Joey a new solo. <laughs> he's got a new solo release coming out before too long. Uh, the Dining Womb EP, and we might get a sneak peek of one of the new tunes tonight live. Hey, Joey. Hey guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Dining Womb? Yeah. Uh, you said the Dining Womb. I think it's just going to be Dining Womb. But I, I never know how to say that. Is it Cold War Kids or is it the Cold War Kids? Mm-hmm. I always. Uh, womb like a like gestation. Um, womb like a womb. Like a. Um, he's, he's pointing to his stomach. <laughs> Where a man like traditionally in, in gets a child when, when a man is preparing to bring a child into the world. Let's see. So uh, I guess uh, we've introduced Joey. We've introduced each other. We've uh, we played the hot song that Dale Mackey wrote from Dale's Fried Pies and uh, the Central Collective. And uh, now, uh, what do you think, Luke? You got I got to say, Adeem, uh, I've got the Sunday Night Blues. You've heard of this, yes? The Sunday Night Blues? Yes. This is the impending Monday? Yes. Uh, my dad told me this term when we were uh, visiting a friend down in Charleston, and he saw him just, like, head almost down in his plate, and uh, we were there on vacation, and he was, you know, having to go into his work the next morning, and uh, he was new to the working world, one of his first, you know, weeks of work, and he's like, oh, that boy's got the worst case of the Sunday Night Blues I've ever seen in my, you know, damn life. Wow. <laughs> and, uh I've got it pretty bad tonight, um, and I'm, I'm just thinking of the day job blues in general, and I know you guys hopefully can relate to this, but I know all of us are um, performers. We think of our stage persona, our artistic life, but all of us have day jobs. All of us have to be someone different at the office. Uh, have to be someone different when we are being our professional persona. Um, yeah. How do you reconcile the person you're trying to be as an artist, as a writer, and how do you... I'm, I'm starting with the most downer topic first because we, we're only going to go up from yes. there. Uh, how do you reconcile that, and how do you kind of um, balance that with your artistic life, with your work life? 
well, for starters, for me, I'm in kind of a unique position. I feel like I, I live the Sunday night blues on the regs. But tonight, coming off of the uh, incredible high of one of the shittiest shows I've played all year, <laughs> I'm so excited for tomorrow. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to own my job. There you I'm going to be so happy that I get paid to do something that doesn't okay. feel as miserable as last night felt. Um, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, about the idea of like identity. Because um, I've been kind of like depressed, I think. I think everyone here gets pretty depressed sometimes. We, you, you guys are actually probably two of the dudes that I relate with the most as far as just like the swing of like trying to do art and trying to manage real life. Of being um, manic people? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I guess... Do your, work, do your work people recognize you as the creative genius that you are? Or are you that guy who is... Oh, he's still trying to do that thing, and he needs to get oh, focused on work. I'm the sad guy at work, like, maybe. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I don't yeah. know. He's getting up there, and he's still he's still right. holding on to a dream. And you, I did have a guy tell me. I was lamenting. Uh, you know, I, it was probably like I didn't get on Rhythm and Blooms or something stupid, something of no consequence, and I was like, that's it. Knoxville hates me. You know, just like having one of those days where I'm, I'm, I'm like talking about all the, all the things I've done and the little reward I've got from it. Like I print out all these posters, I send out all these emails, and nobody writes me back. And the guy that I was, uh, like, sits diagonal from me, stood up, and he was like, "Sounds like it's time to let that go and just have a fun time playing the guitar." <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it cut through me. I was yeah. like, I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, this uh, this girl uh, a couple years ago was uh, I was talking to her about some shows or something, thinking we we're gonna like have a connection about it because I knew she went to some shows and things, and uh, she just looked at me kind of smiling and she's like, "You're one of those ones who thinks you're like the cool teacher, right?" Oh <laughs> man! Like, oh man! I thought I just was the cool teacher, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, "Oh man, that'd be funny to be so bad." But, um, you know, <laughs> when someone names your archetype and you're like, yes, oh, my God, yes, I'm a exactly. thing. <laughs> yes, I'm just a, I'm just this walking cliche, I guess. But um, but yeah, but then, you know, then the bosses sometimes will, that people also like knowing that you have this thing because it's a thing that, well, if I don't know what else to talk to him about at the birthday party thing in the conference room, I can always be like, oh, you got a show or, you know, they can. And so the principal sometimes will, you know, come up and be like. So you gotta tell us about your next show. Tell everybody next time, so we can all come. And I'm like, well, one, nobody's you know coming to the show. <laughs> Two, like, do you did you really want me to you know get on the staff email and email everybody about that? That'd probably be pretty unprofessional, right? And they're like, yeah, that probably would be. Probably, yeah, a second thought, don't do that. Yeah. But you know, it's something I think of it as something like when I'm at work, you know, try to be that guy and um, focus on that, and it's something I can look forward to all day. Yeah, you know, being that other person, and then I think about cough. You 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 tweeted one day. You were like, T.S. Eliot worked in a bank. T.S. Eliot worked in a bank. Um, and I know that you know so many other people, Kafka, and uh, not to compare any of us to any geniuses or anything, but there were a lot of other people who balanced their creative life their whole time with working right. in, a, in a. And there's something about having a discipline. It seems like I mean, do you find having a discipline of a does it help you discipline in your work? Like, like I know having to be so productive at work all the time, it actually helps me, I think, discipline my creative work. 
Well, I'm going uh, through a weird phase <laughs> where I, I'm refusing to be anything but uh, my creative self. Well, good for you, man. Which, I'm not, I'm not trying to... This is... <laughs> and it's not really... It's... I, I I'm have an opportunity where um, the living situation we have, um, I can... I can write and work on my art and well as you know the hardest thing is figuring out how to market it and how to actually uh, make it work in the world but um, um, yeah my day job right now is is very very minimal very much uh, what are you reading books and listening to podcasts I'm a podcast junkie very nice <laughs> but anyway so that but to be more realistic, I think, like, even when I was really going hard at doing real estate, I, I really tried to, when I started to feel in my heart, like, what's your true identity? Um, I tried to get to that place where when people ask you, what, what do you do? There was always a temptation to say, I do real estate. But what I practiced saying was, I, I'm a musician. I write songs because I think then you're getting a little closer to who I actually am. There's my answer. And about the Sunday blues, I've always felt blue on Sundays. And I don't know why ever since I was a kid. And then I heard that Johnny Cash song. Sunday morning coming down. And I was like, wow, other people feel this way too. Yeah. Well, I think that song's about what, like the, 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 gallivanting of Saturday night, right? Probably, but in my head it was about me. Yeah. Well, you were doing so you were you were probably in, in, I was gallivanting on some gallivanting on Saturday, on Saturday night. nights, yeah. Okay, very good. Um all right, moving on. Um so I feel very blessed in my life to be a dad. I just watched my little girl uh do her first solo walking all around the house today. She had been doing a little bit of the like you know, stutter walking between us real, like, sloppily. But today, she just took off and did some, like, laps around the house with me falling around behind her today. It was amazing. That's so awesome. Um, I've been a sap, so the musical connection here, I've been a sap lately for all songs dad-related. So I was thinking, I was wondering if we could come up, and I know Adim is about to be a dad soon, so I'm sure he's oh, yeah. um, probably uh, hearing some songs that are in this genre that are coming to mind or... I don't know, I've already written some dad songs, and he's he wrote one. That was how you announced the yeah. uh, pregnancy. Right an amazing song. Um, what was the title of that again? Um, the Last uh, Summer? D- dad Man. Dad Man. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a dad man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of scat. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing song. Yeah. Um, no, The Last Summer, if you guys haven't heard it, check it out. It was an amazing way to, like, I was like, I texted him, like, is this what I think it is? Like, it was a, yeah, great way to announce it. Anyways. Um, so let's talk about what are the best dad songs out there. I'm gonna first one I'm gonna put out there is Loud and Wainwright the Third, Daughter. Yeah, love that one. I, I, get, I had like a different idea of like dad songs. I was thinking of songs about fatherhood. I was thinking songs dads listen to. Dad rock, that's fine too. Yeah. I, I, we're, we've been like shopping for baby things, so we're going to all these baby stores, and it's <laughs> deeply troubling. Like you, you begin to really, uh, really get heavily confronted with like gender as a social construct um <laughs> anyway in in the st- in the store they're like playing like uh 
like Don Henley, <laughs> like uh, America. It was just like they had, they had constructed this playlist. They were like, dads are going to be really uncomfortable walking into this store. What, what can we do? <laughs> what can we do to loosen them up? Limber. And I danced the whole way through the store. So thanks. Bye bye, baby. Okay, so dad rock is peaceful, casual. I know my dad um, loved, you know, growing up loved the easy breezy 70s California singer songwriters. Like, he, he loved the John Denver stuff. And he loved the Dan Fogelberg. And then he loved, you know, <laughs> Dan Fogelberg. Like, and then, then he loved, like, John Prine. And he loved, like, um, Harry Chapin, John Chapin. Any, anything yeah. that was, like, just kind of. Ooh, Harry Chapin's got a pretty g- breezy. And yeah, uh, oh man, you know, Cats in the Cradle, of course. Um, I was thinking of Taxi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Joey? I'm just thinking dad of Jack- rock, dad songs, fatherhood theme songs. Jackson Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. Jackson Brown's good dad yeah. rock. I mean, that's what my dad listened to. I don't have. Uh, Did you have any songs like that your parents sang to you ever that you remember, or uh, any um, older people sang to you in your life when you were growing up? Peter, Paul, and Mary. Okay. Um, which basically felt like all Dylan covers. Um, it was right. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Plus, Puff the Magic Dragon. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I like uh, Cat Stevens. Father and Son is also yeah, a really yeah. good uh, dad tune. My dad sang uh, Close Your Eyes by James Taylor when we went to bed every night, and that was, that's what that one's always stuck in my head. You know, it's terrible that I, I thought I probably shouldn't say, but I was thinking dad songs, dad songs, and I thought Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a beautiful song, heartbreaking. Yeah, um, it's a pretty tragic song. It's a tragic song, and I'm not. But that's if you want to know what came to my mind. Yeah, that's a be- I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful one. Um, oh man, what was I thinking about? Oh yeah, well, the song for Violet that puts her to sleep every night is Billy Joel, "Good Night, My Angel." That's um, so I've probably now heard that song more just in a year than I have of any almost any other song <laughs> in my life. Because she has to hear it like five times every night to go to sleep. So "Good Night, My Angel" oh, is like now that's the song. So that's the one that Lauren and I were joking. She's going to be like a drunk college girl in her dorm going to sleep. And she's going to put that on in some Spotify playlist or whatever the thing is. Then she won't know why. And it's going to like trigger her emotionally and she'll be crying drunk and she won't know. why. <laughs> so and or like, you know, we'll we'll all be crying back home at Christmas or something over that song. And we'll we'll know why. So anyways, cool. Um, all right. That music. Um Another thing, just we have these associations, you know, with memories, with seasons, with taste, with all this stuff. The next thing I'm, this kind of segues into is fall music. Um, when you think of this season that we're is sit, setting in on us, when you think of fall, what kind of music do you comes to mind besides? Are you ready for some football? <laughs> I'm gonna be listening to the new Joey English CD. Okay. This fall, I feel like your your music is like really Fall-ish. good fall music. I, all the my, I all this. Yeah. Oh yeah. That very evocative. Definitely. Just the obvious. Yeah. Um. My CD player is broken in my car right now. So. My music listening with the fall season has been. Um, and I don't have a 
MP3 adapter or anything like that. So I haven't clicked with fall yet. I, I was actually in Mexico with my in-laws, and it was incredibly hot. And then we got back here last week, and it was, like, kind of shocking. And I haven't made the transition yet. Well, yeah. I uh, had to go into Kingsport for my nephew's baptism the other day, and I was alone in the car, and I the only CD I had was the the first Blind Bones EP, and oh, yeah, I listened to that music. like 10 times down and 10 times back, because it's, you know, just the four or five songs, and um, that one song of Joe's, Niagara, mm-hmm. um, that really, for some reason, was getting me in the fall mood, because it just had that just really lush, yeah. emotive, uh, I don't know, just something about it, just felt like cool emotion flowing over me, which some for some reason I associate with fall, um, and they're just, your guys' sound as a band makes me think of that, and Fleet Foxes makes me think of that. Uh, Fleet Foxes is a good one. The, and the whole pantheon of bands, that, have you guys ever been to Rhythm and Roots, Bristol Rhythm and Roots reunion? So I would encourage the listeners, anybody who's never been to that festival, I lived and breathed the bands of that festival and that festival for years. That's, you know, where I'm from. And um, probably I went seven or eight years without, you know, ever missing a year. It's harder now with the um, baby, but it's kind of, um, I forget who else. Let me pull up the lineup uh, who's going this year, but it's, um, they've always got a great lineup the They've kind of got Americana and country headliners, but the the bulk of the artists there are kind of in this the, the indie and, and alternative um, folk genre. The people that are just um, would be right at home, you know, with you guys style. And um, I've found discovered so many bands I love there. And this one fall night uh, on one of the outdoor stages, they've got State Street just. And all the bars on it and all these stages around these little corners of State Street and the side streets of it, you know, probably 20 stages filled up. And, um, you know, it's just getting to be jacket weather and you're getting bundled right. up. It's this next weekend. And um, this this one show is Jessica Lee Mayfield. I don't know if you all have heard her, but she just has. And her guitar player was had gone to high school with my wife. And um, her show was just, it was right as it was getting cool in the night. And um, it was just an amazing show, and we got really into her after that. And her brother, David Mayfield, David Mayfield Parade, plays here a lot. Yeah, yeah. Comes through. I don't know if y'all have seen him, but... um, So they've got, um, this year, Dwight Yoakam, Amanda Shires, Infamous uh, String Dusters, His Golden Messenger, Will Hogue. um, Let's see. uh, Folk Soul Revival. A bunch of other people are going to be there. So it's Yeah, it'll be a really good festival, so that's... That's kind of my festival. I would plug Hoots and Hellmouth, Amethyst Kia, Indie Ghost. Um, have you ever seen Amethyst Kia or heard of her? Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She's like a Johnson City local. Yeah, she's like a Tri Cities legend. Um, and she's she's been touring with the Indigo Girls now for a while, so she's kind of getting big. And That's she's awesome. Even gone on some international tours. If you haven't seen her, she's just powerful, powerful voice. I think she's going to be big. But, anyways, um, yeah. Okay, maybe you could lead us on this next topic here. I wanted to kind of talk about shouting out to some other local podcasts. I know you're involved with some, with at least one, maybe aware of a few of the other oh, ones, yeah. if not 
I don't know. We're, we're kind of getting into this, splashing into the scene a little bit, but there's a lot of other people doing Heck this. Heck, yeah. Sharing Needles with Friends has been doing, like, uh, you know, a more uh, in-depth view of the music scene at large for a mm-hmm. while now. That's uh, Derek Jones and Gene Priest. Those guys are awesome. Do you know Gene and Derek? Yeah, I Sea um, Monsters, uh, his bands are really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them I just, at that punk rock record fair thing last year, and they're really guys good. Are awesome. <clears throat> I did one a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. When they first started out, I think that they had first started out, but I know that they had like just interviewed Bonnie Prince Billy, Will Oldham, and I was like, "Wow, That's how awesome. did you get that?" Yeah, no kidding. That's very cool. I so, didn't know they've done that. Yeah, they've done some. Man, his big ears thing with Eighth Blackbird, uh, was that last year, year before last? That was so awesome. <clears throat> I didn't see it because I was getting married. Yeah. Well, um, tell, hey, talk about Super Cult, or are you allowed to? It's the first rule of Super Cult. That you, the first rule. <coughs> what are you talking about? Super Cult? I've never heard of. <laughs> super Cult. Yeah, Super Cult is. Um, we should actually have we should actually have Dale on to talk about Super Cult with us. That'd that be would, fun. Yeah, um, she seems like a visionary of this uh, movement. <laughs> she's. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's been talking about cults extensively for a long time and starting a cult, and um, and now she's like reading so many books about cults, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Jo- uh, Jody Collins from Feral Giant did mm-hmm. the like artwork, and it's badass it's really cool and um i did the i did the theme music which is not as cool but it says exploring and talking about historical different cults but then there's also an element of the, the creating a cult creating a cult and tell me about this process oh i have no idea i mean from from what i can gather uh it's dale essentially figuring out um how she's gonna make her cult and so each episode centers around a different cult, what they did right, what they did wrong, and what... Uh, so employing what... one of those tactics to the <laughs> listeners and, yeah. and practicing that tactic on the li- on us. Yes. And, and starting to control us through that. For, I mean, it sounds like she's got an all-star cast of like really wait. badass guests and stuff of like pretty, pretty big-name people. I can't wait for her to control my mind and... Just bring me into that. If, if, if <laughs> I was going to join anyone's cult, it would definitely be Dale Mackey's. Because cool. um, there would be pies. Yeah. Well, I was just telling you the other day about how um, at her event, the anniversary event, we were just kind of spellbound by the production of it and just the, uh, and her performance and the little music part. And um, just, she has a lot of charisma and in her social um, media presence and everything, she just has a lot of really good ideas and a lot of good. Um, Good, good personality to have in Knoxville. Yeah, she's great at everything. Um, and actually, another podcast that just started is Ramblin' Man. Yeah. Which is, uh, <laughs> you're my cat having a seizure out there. He's not having an actual seizure. He's just freaking out. Not... That's my cat. Okay. This is what he does. Why is he doing we, that? There's, there's space enough between the door and the floor that he can fit a little bit of his mouth under there, and he'll come and he'll make this sound. That is an animal. I thought that was like, was like a. That's my a neighbor cat. child screaming. He's the devil, man. Do you know what this is about? No. He wants to be touched right now. <laughs> That's what's happening right now, guys. Well, he just realized he needs to be touched. Anyway, Ramble Man, uh, Jody has another podcast as well. It's like yeah, a Southern culture mm-hmm. 
I can't remember what it's called. Listen to me. Uh, Jody's a good friend of mine, huh? Southern Charm. The Southern Charm podcast. That's, a, that's one that he does uh, about Knoxville culture, about yeah. uh, Southern dining and uh, various other things. Yeah, so. and then one of our last From the Living Room shows, we had Kukuli and Gypsy Fuego, and Seth Hopper, the fiddler player, um, has a podcast, a food podcast called uh, Cheese and Rice, and I wasn't one of those, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's a riot. Uh, him and, uh, I, f- I forget his partner's name, she's the sous chef at Oli Bay, and she used to be... Ooh. Uh, involved with everything mushrooms, and I saw her speak about mushrooms at one of those culture club things. But she's a really interesting person. Uh, I think her name's Jessica. And anyways, but they were just like really k- kooky and crazy with it, and off the cuff. And he likes to edit in a lot of real weird, crazy sound effects and echo chambers, and like just uh, almost like Tim and Eric type stuff. You know, just have them real weird um, stuff with it. So they're having a lot of fun. So that's a good one too. I need to listen to that so we yeah. can s- steal all their techniques. So one thing I've been really struck by, this is kind of segueing into the next topic, because um, we kind of talked about, there's this podcast scene. We, we talked about, um, by touching on Dale, we're kind of talking about the idea that there's this kind of scene with Jody and Dale, and with you with Sound and Silence, there's kind of a little scene around the Central Collective. There's kind of a little scene with the flight school and the J- and Jay Bush and Black Atticus and um, Wozo and all the folks around the birdhouse. And there's kind of a little scene around everything that involves around the pilot light. There's like there's a general big Knoxville scene, but it's really cool how there's all these little mini splinter cell scenes, you know. And then you know, and we and I've got my from the living room thing, and then there's different bands that kind of run together in little packs, but then they kind of cross multiply and one of the neat ones that i've started to see spring up lately is kind of in farragut what shandy dixon has been doing with the lawn chair series and joey could you talk a little bit about your event that you were involved with last night and and also the lawn chair stuff that you guys have done in the past well i didn't do the lawn chair this year because we had a thunderstorm on our day um and uh last night i played uh, in her backyard which is right near where the lawn chair event happens right. um, <laughs> it's like a block away <laughs> it's very close and um it was just kind of a magical little atmosphere she's got the oriental rug out the lights hanging from the tree the fire going s'mores the biggest bottle of wine i've ever seen in my life um so yeah she really uh or they really know how to create a good atmosphere, good vibes. Um, and I don't even, I mean, I don't think I'm the one to ask about the lawn chair series. Um, it's, it's a, it's fun to play. There's good energy, kids dancing and stuff, but I don't know. I know that they're, they're getting bigger names on the bill or whatever. And Shandy, uh, you know, her father is outlaw country singer, Roger Allen Wade. Oh yeah. Uh, Her son, Roland, is um, kind of a prodigy. Um, Okay, so when I first met them, so I guess Shandy's kind of young at heart, and Roland is kind of wise beyond his years. I mistakenly was talking to her and thought that they were brother and sister (laughs) because (laughs) I thought she was maybe my age or maybe even younger, and I thought that he was, like, you know, mid-20s. Well, I told her that last night. I came out and said, all right, I know you're not supposed to ask, but how old are you? Because Corey and I, my wife, on the drive over there, were like, why did she, like, we think of Shandy as 
our age. Right, and I couldn't believe sure. that she was his mother. Because he has this voice, like, he's this old, like, <laughs> blues man yeah, or something. Totally. And this kid just got out of high school, and I can't wait to see what he does in the next yeah. 10, 15, however many years. I mean, I, I hope he just keeps doing this. And, I mean, you know, I saw some videos. I guess the Ghost Motel videos he did, he was still in high school when he did that first few yeah. of them. And I was just like, this kid is blowing me away. So I was, I've been very impressed by him. And, yeah, I just think Shandy cultivates, like, a really open, whimsical, magical, friendly vibe. And she's opening up that side of town to art and music and stuff. So I think yeah. that's a really good thing that they're doing. Um, did, you, did you guys have a good turnout for that show? Last yeah, time? I think we had, like, um, I'm bad at gauging, but maybe 25 people, which that's for a awesome. house show, you know. Yeah, that's great. Packed. That's great. You played with Tanner Rutherford and uh... Tanner Rutherford, I, Rutherford. Um, I met him for the first time last night, and that was. Uh, he's got a great spirit. I like him a lot. He, his band was. He was in a band called the Valley Young Valley before Opera. the Valley Opera, and now he's just doing a solo. Or has, does he have a he, band with him? Or? He's, he had he's a, got band. a band now, but he's just doing solo stuff. I think. Okay. And you're pedal steel player. Oh really? Last night? Yeah. But one of the one of the best moments, and if he's listening, I loved this. I, I but um, Tanner, if you're listening, f- f- fuck you. <laughs> right as right before I was about to start playing, Tanner gave this warm introduction, and then he went to like center left stage to sit down on a hammock and he sat down and uh, the whole thing collapsed and the whole audience <laughs> saw beautiful and we were all laughing really hard and it was the best way to start a show that's that. awesome so anyway so Joey tell us about um, tell us about the album um, <clears throat> well it's it's an EP it's five songs um, and really it, it uh, I've been you know, I, I like I mentioned earlier, I got married, and uh, I've been, I feel like, kind of away from uh, being creative. I uh, was busy working as a real estate agent and, you know, trying to climb up the ladder or whatever. And uh, so I think that, uh, really, initially, I just, I just wanted to get back to playing music, and uh, so... I had some songs, and I figured I just need to throw some songs on an album um, just to get rolling, and uh, and it that's kind of the starting point. But um, is yeah, that the thematic link to what you talk about on the album, or is, I don't um, know if there really is a, an EP. Well, there is <laughs> themes, but more by accident. Um, and you know, I, I called it the dining room EP. Is it the I don't know the dining room. Dining Room EP. Uh, but I recorded it in my a, dining room. Okay. Um, I love the acoustics in that spot of the house. Um, I had uh, one time I bumped into this priest at a coffee shop and he was explaining to me how uh, the, the sanctuary was in days of old considered a womb uh, where this this place of rebirth, um, and we had a, a pretty long conversation, even to the point where some of the doors 
were literally shaped like a vagina so that, you know, when you you have your ceremony and the service and then you are reborn and you come out. Mm. Wow. So it was, a, <laughs> it was an interesting conversation. Um, so it's like, baby, let me walk through your narthex. Well, <laughs> I went to Google it um, after we had this conversation because I was like, that's really interesting. And I could find nothing on. Um, <laughs> You're over there nothing Googling on, vagina doors. <laughs> I could find nothing on vagina doors. That priest was just a fervent. <laughs> on Google, but I, it was basically, sounded really good. And basically, all doors are kind of like vaginas. If you think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was showing me like. Well, we'll stop there. Um, so I came home and I was I was telling Corey, my wife, that you know, hey, uh, we've been calling the dining room our sanctuary, our little sanctuary, because we we do some like meditating in there in the morning and some praying, and it's where I get creative. And and so uh, she then just she's silly and she just called it the dining room, and I thought, okay. This is the dining room. Interesting. Do you, do you see that recording space as sort of your sanctuary and, and, and exploring the depths of your soul via music? Um, no. <laughs> succinct. Uh, clear and succinct. Yes. Thank you. No, but I like the way it sounds <laughs> a lot. And... It has become pretty holy, uh, and then now it's not anymore. Now it's filled with recording gear and, like, I can't even explain. Lots of stuff. Somehow me morphing it into a recording studio and then being done. Now there's a kennel in there for the dogs. Um, there's a coffee table. Um, there's a microwave that's still in the box. Like the the dining room has now become a storage place. Yeah. Now for the musicians and the gearheads out there, you t- we're talking. I think before we went on the air about changeovers in your um, interface. Are you using? You talked about Cubase. Are you using that now? Or oh, Logic, well, on, on this recording, um, I used. I think it's probably from the 90s. Uh, it's called a Porta Studio 424 MK3. It's a qu- quarter inch like cassette, four oh, track. Right, okay. Um, and I, it was challenging because typically I record and I never know what I'm doing, but I work really hard to make it sound like I know what I'm doing. And, uh, now, are you going to dub that over just onto other cassettes, or are you going to digitize that somehow? No, it's already been digitized. I, I had dreams of transferring it then to... Um, I, I heard one way to get it from cassette to, uh, like, I don't know if it would be mastering or compressing, but you take it from cassette then to VHS, because VHS is stereo, two tracks. Um but I didn't do that. I ended up just exporting it onto my computer and thought, well, there goes the the tape. But, uh, you know, it still has a feel. So was this all just you and your guitar? Did you play any other instruments on it? 
Yeah, I just I did live takes in the dining room, um, which I've I've never done before in a recording um, because I'm always, you know, in my head I need to be make sure it's perfect, mm -hmm. and it really never is. So I challenged myself to just just do it um, the way I do it. So it's like somebody hearing you at a house show playing the song all you're playing and yeah. singing all at once. Yeah, and then I did I did add like um, I had this keyboard on one of the songs, and I added some what is known as a xylophone effect. It doesn't sound like a xylophone, but um, and I think I got harmonica on one song. I do, and um, ooh, I had uh, Evie Andrus. She ooh, plays the gosh. violin. I did a cover of Rapture well, by Anthony and the Johnsons. Amazing, um, and she did some violin for me. Um, she had never heard the song, and we just worked on it on the spot, and uh, she's so we did a live take. And the sorceress of, she's just amazing. <laughs> so I'm excited about that, and I'm learning about uh, how to put out a cover the right way, mm -hmm. um, and actually pay to have it done, and that's been interesting. You have to yeah. get something called a mechanical license, and... Right. Estimate how many sales you'll have. And, um, so I'm learning a lot. Her band, Barefoot Sanctuary, was really great. They just did well. this work this yeah. week. Or? Yeah, just this week they did. And um, and she just, I mean, I think I've seen her play with their, just everybody in town. She's yeah. Just, she can just jump in and just, that's so great. That's yeah, cool, she's man. She's got a great spirit. She's just, yeah. Show up, mm -hmm. play. Very cool. Um, was there uh, one from the album you could, or for the EP that you could do for us? Yes. Um, I'm, I don't know which one. I gotta figure that out right now. Um, I uh, I don't know. Well, I'd say the single. Uh, you know, I'm, it would be my old friend, um, which I haven't. I've had that song for a while, but I've never put it on anything and. So, it'll be on this album, but I'm not going to do that one. That's not, you've never released that song before? I never released it. What? Yeah. That's so hard for me to believe, man. I, I, that sounds like burned into my years. brain. Yeah, that's one that I've, I feel like I've heard you play a bunch of times. I've been playing it for a couple years, if not more. That one and I gotta go, go, go. I've been playing that one. Yeah. That's like thousands of years. When I'm, that's when one I'm, of the hits, like, one of the greatest hits. I'm sitting that's in there true. taking a shit, and my wife's outside. She's got to pee real bad. She's going, I got to go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, I thought um, that song kind of worked because uh, our, it's just such a regular phrase. And then I'm working on this new one um, where the chorus is, I'm, he says, I'm over here. And uh, he kind of says, like, he is me. He sings it like, I'm over here. So now, like, <laughs> if I'm like, Corey, you know, calling for her in the house, or where are you? She's like, I'm over here. <laughs> it's always That's great awesome. when your wife can taunt you with your own songs. <laughs> yeah, so. Cool. Thanks for being here tonight, and uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, uh, go ahead and play.
all set in the most organic setting possible. <laughs> Shall we? Yeah. It's recording. Oh. All right, this one's called Red Letter. And um, you can probably figure it out. I don't need to say anything. Lately I've been sticking to red letters Cause all your Sunday words are black and white You say you got the keys into heaven But what about getting through the needle's eye I saw a man get pulled away from his family Soldier said go back to Mexico Imagine King Herod on the evening news Saying I was just honoring the Jesus vote And in a way I think it'll be God's teardrops That'll cause the oceans to overflow in a way I think it'll be the battles you fought You pushed Jesus Christ out of his home I saw a hungry man get choked out by the police He got caught at the bodega stealing bread Seven times he said, I cannot breathe Seventy times seven, he would not be dead And I saw a woman lay her body on her baby Bombs were coming through her dining room When we officially declared it a victory I think we rolled that stone back on his tomb And in a way I think it'll be God's teardrops That'll cause the oceans to overflow In a way I think it'll be the battles you fought That pushed Jesus Christ out of his home We could trace it to the moral majority Or hell, we could trace it back to Rome Some things never change, even if we're free We like walls and chains and guns, and we like thrones So when you look out and your church seats are all empty and you say what happened to the good old days Don't think we forgot all the atrocities You endorsed in Jesus' name 
In a way I think It'll be God's teardrops That'll cause the oceans to overflow In a way I think It'll be the battles you fought That pushed Jesus Christ Push Jesus Christ, man, we push Jesus Christ out of his home. We're, we're both holding mic stands so we cannot clap, but let the record show that we enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Toon Boys. Uh, go see Joey Friday night at the Birdhouse for only. $5, November 17th.